good, man. I'm chilling. First of all, man, um, I, I know you were waiting in the queue and it probably hurt me, but um, I, I, it is it is great to, to have you on. You really don't know how much this means to me and, and our entire radio program. It is definitely a dream come true. And, again, we definitely appreciate you coming on tonight, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. No doubt, man. Again, uh, Happy New Year to you and the family. Uh, we definitely wish you were safe and healthy and, and a great one. I guess I'll start off by asking you, you know, what's keeping you busy and, and, and occupied nowadays, man? Um, working on new material. Um, working on my own sports show as well. All right. So that's basically what's been keeping me busy, you know what I mean, and occupied. All right. I, I, I know you got a new single coming out. It's called Dear Dilla, dropping January 21st. Talk a little bit about that. And is this a sign that a, a, a Fife Dog solo album of yours is coming in the near future? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the um, first single off the upcoming album, which is titled Muddy Morphosis. All right. And, um, so Dead Deal is the first single. We'll probably drop another single, and then, like, sometime 2014, drop the album. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, hey, whatever that album drops, I know I'll, I'll, I'll be I, – I, I'm, I'm I'm buying that, man, for real. <laughs> looking. No problem, man. Um. I was actually at at the Garden for your final show with Kanye back in November. Um, how was that experience like sharing both the Garden and also Barclays in Brooklyn with him? And how did that pairing come about? Did Kanye come to you guys and say, you know what, I want you guys to be on this tour with me in New York City? Or was it some other type of communication that went down? I, that's a good question, Ian. You might want to ask Q-Tip or somebody else that question because I don't know. I just got the word. They just, you know, management asked me if I'd be willing to perform at those two shows. And who am I to say no? You know what I'm saying? It's Kanye. I enjoy his music and what he's done so far production-wise, album-wise, his career. You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely an honor to rock with Homeboy because he's one of the last Mohicans doing it big, you know what I mean? Right. And um, and, and, and it's probably a, uh, a stupid question, but I know most people would say MSG is, is historic, but when you perform in Barclays and the Garden, was it much of a difference? Did you appreciate one more than the other, or was it both? Yes, funny? I did. It was, that's not a dumb question. That's a very good question. Um, the reason why I appreciate well. We performed at Barclays on my birthday, um, and um, I had just shot I had just shot the um, Dear Dilla video in Chicago and Detroit, so I was running like that whole week leading up to those shows, and I was beat because you know my health hasn't been the greatest last couple of years or whatever, you know what I mean? So um, that Brooklyn show or that show at Barclays, I was kind of tired and. I was fighting to do that show. You know what I'm saying? I was struggling to do that show. By the time we went to the garden, I rested up. And that Sunday, I was it was all systems go. Plus, it's the home of the New York Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So I was trying to bring them some type of life because you know how they've been doing lately. You know oh, what I mean? God. So the garden hey, show for me, me man, <laughs> was better than the Broccoli show, not because of the fans, but because of my energy. You know what I'm saying? 
So, as you guys, yeah, as you guys prepared for those two shows in Brooklyn and the Garden, what was the group looking to accomplish in those final shows? Was it just like any regular show, or was it more important than that and more of a point where you want to give the fans something special since it was in New York City and it was it, it would be ultimately the final Tribe show? Well, we, we, we definitely talked about giving the fans something special, being that it's home, Ali being from Brooklyn and just New York in general, we all being from, you know, New York. But um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make rehearsals because I was doing this video and, and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? But So I was on Skype looking in on rehearsals or whatever. So they basically was telling me what was going to happen, what was going on. So I was ready regardless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the current state of hip-hop? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That don't sound too good, man. (laughs) You know what? You know what? On a positive note, I'm enjoying... There's there's certain MCs I'm enjoying, like Mac Miller. um, Pusha T got the hottest album out this year. I agree. I mean, so there's definitely... Kendrick Lamar's handling his business, as we know. So there's a select few that I got to pay homage and show love, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to see who's going to shine this year. You know what I mean? So hip-hop is cool, but it's real hit and miss because there's so much eh going on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but life is a cycle, man. It's going I always believe it's going to come back around to the realness. You know what I'm saying? So... No, I agree. And, you know, Buster got a new album coming out. I'm looking forward to that. So... You know, I'm ready to hear some goodies, for real. And I believe it's going to go down like that. I'm not going to sit and have a negative state of mind feeling like everybody sucks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of the radio playing what's hot. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. I, I just I just know that compared to when you when you we're doing the Tribe albums to maybe not, uh, 10 years ago to 5 years ago. Like, everything is, you know, a cycle. And, you know, some, some fans would be like, you know, come to me or come to anybody, be like, you know what, the music ain't the same. The way that the beats sound the same, it's not really music. It's just, it's just a bunch of sounds put together. And I'm like, well, you know, you like this saying the 90s no more. Everything changes. Everything evolves. And as much as I wish the music would sound like it was back in the days, it it, it it can, but then as, as sometimes it it may not go that you know go that route. I'm like, well, you just gotta appreciate what's what's being put out now. These guys are, are working day in day out to to provide some great music, and like you said, there are some great artists out there. But it's like, you know, some don't relate to the artist as like it was back in the days. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, hopefully it'll come back around, man. Cause I'm tired. <laughs> my my drums are tired of certain things, man. I hear that. Um, let me get one more question before I, I let my co-host chime in. I look at Kanye as like the modern day tribe, the modern day Pete Rock. Is he a guy that you would want to work with one day in the future? And if so, who else in today's hip hop world would you want to collaborate with? I mean, I wouldn't mind working with Ye because Ye is a genius. You got to give him that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he buck wild in his own way, but he's a genius. Yeah. At the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's definitely yep. a talent to be reckoned with, and I think it'll be like that.
for a long time to come, you know, God willing. Um, but um, there, there's a lot of other people that I wouldn't mind working with. We'll be here all day, but in a nutshell, I'd say Pusha T. Um, you know, going on a limb, I'd say Angela Winbush, because I've always been a fan of hers. I'm just right. Angela Winbush fanatic, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that'll be a dream come true as well. Other than that, you know, we could go on for days. Eric Sermon on the beats, Pharrell on the beats. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear that, man. I, I just hope that some of these guys you're mentioning are can and be willing to be on the <laughs> album that you're working on, man. <clears throat> well, I'm pretty much almost done, so you know we'll 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 look we'll look towards the future on that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You're live with uh, Randy Cruz and Five Dog with Tribe Called Quest here on the Hits Radio Show. And they let my man Uncle G Sex chime in. Uncle G, what's going on, man? Shout, shout. I had to, you know, I was caught up, Finn, and, uh, you know, when you had texted me and you said you was going to get Fife on the show, and, you know, I've been absent. You know, I've been able to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just really getting back in the groove, and you've been holding it down, so I want to give you a shout. But Fife, man, I mean, you know, it was one of the reasons I came on, man. Uh, you know, as a host, you don't always get a chance to grab, man, and, and, and get a chance to catch up with the real essence of hip-hop, man. And I thought it would be great for the kids. Just want to thank you for coming on, for sparing time, and even coming out, man, because, you know, it's a lot going on that that I know cats like us, man, because I'm out of your school. We, we just can't really, really swallow right now. No, homo. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on that we can't accept as much as we try to say, okay, well, it's a new generation, it's a new generation. A lot of the stuff that's going on in hip-hop right now is a no-no from when Fife and them put out. When fighting them was a man, it's just unheard of a lot of the things that go on in the game. So I respect you and, you know, and Pooh and all the cats, man, that laid the way for this and still don't get no props. Right. You know, and don't get they do. Like, that's the hardest thing for me to accept. It's like cats that don't know Tiny Archibald in basketball or, you know, don't know that he led the league in scoring and then assists and it'll never be done again. Or they never heard of. Uh, Fife, a Fife Talk track or a Tribe Called Quest when that was really a swag in hip-hop. You know, my buddy. And, you know, I mean, like, when that whole movement was such a big thing and now you get up, you get 20, 25 years later, and you got to get cats like Fife to come on for us to even have a platform. And I just want to tell you, brother, I've always been a fan. You sound great. You sound like you could cut one right now with the youngins. You know, which is what I always <laughs> love to hear. You're clear. Your clarity. You're so in touch with everything. And, and it's just a blessing, man, to have a cat. Yeah. You hear some dudes fight. They get on. You know, we didn't have them on the show. And dudes get sour. I mean, you, and, and I don't blame them, but, you know, you just hear that, you know, the times and passed them by. And I'm just glad to see that didn't happen with you that you still got something for us, you know, for the old time just hanging on, that there's still a fight dog, there's still a, a essence of Tribe Core Quest, and I just wish the kids really, really would listen, man. I think they need to know the history, and they need to know what they're listening to now, starting with y'all, man. It started with Cats Before Y'all, man, with Flash and Herc and, and everybody that y'all listen to, that the pioneers are still relevant, man. Uh-huh. And that's just something I don't think the media is trying to sell. You know, I, I really don't. So um, I'm glad to have you on, man. I mean, you're part of the Hits family, man. Uh, it's it's good for kids to hear you. You know, there's so many kids that chase Kobe and chase LeBron. They listen to our show. 
and when they hear the fight door came on or P-Rock, you know, another one of our homies that always come on and try to bring the essence from back in the day, it's a lift to the whole world, man. So keep doing what you do. Always come by the hit squad, man. We're here for you, man. We got to get you up to Orchard Beach, try to get a little halftime performance out to you, something. And uh, just keep it going, man. But thanks for coming on, man. For real. Yeah. Thank you. Randy. Well, you know what? That was a great intro, G. <laughs> but I fight for my man for the longest, man. You know, a lot of them dudes, you don't get a chance to deal with them, Randy, but me being a co-host and a commentator, thanks to you and Randy, has given me, you know, such a platform to catch up with these dudes, man, and I'm still a fan. You know, it's, it's not like because I'm a host or because it's Uncle G Stacks. Nah, man, I'm a Fife Dog, Grand Pooba. I'm a fan, and it's just good to be able to catch up with them dudes and talk about the state of hip hop. So that's what's up. That's really what's up. Definitely, man. I, I do, I do appreciate the same thing, and just just having them on is it, it, great. But um, um, before I get to my next question, before I got on the show, Fife, um, I, I always catch uh, a debate. There's, there's always a debate in in hip hop and music when it comes to albums and so on. So. I told the people who follow me on Twitter, listen, tweet me your favorite Tribe Called Quest album, and I will say it on the air um, while you're on. So, I mean, a lot are the same, some are different, but I'm just going to read you off what what the people, and, and, and I got about 20, 25, uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, Midnight Marauders, twice in a row, three times in a row, Low End Theory, Marauders, uh, the first album, Someone said, "Can we get a tribe called Chris reunion?" Um, I mean, it's just, it just so many responses that came in. And my, my question to you is: Did you ever think that this group will become one of hip hop's most influential and inspirational acts 24 years later after your first album? Nah, I, I really didn't. I didn't think it was going to get this big. I thought we was just going to be celebs in the hood forever. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Well, that's what we wanted, at least, at first, you know what I'm saying? But um, we adapted pretty well to it, and uh, I'm just happy that the fans adapted to what we were trying to accomplish all this time, you know what I'm saying? But um, I had no idea, absolutely none. Well, what was it like? What was it like being in a hip-hop group in your mid-teens, though? My mid-teens? Yeah. I mean, it was cool because we always did it. I mean, I started rhyming when I was like nine years old, eight years old, nine years old, I guess. And so it was something that I didn't take serious until I didn't make the varsity basketball team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, it was definitely cool being from New York. It was all around you. It was definitely part of the DNA from Jump. You know what I'm saying? So I I guess I felt like it was it was meant to be. It should have been. You know what I'm saying? So it was definitely fun. We were happy to be on. You know? Mm. What what answer do you give when a fan asks you, Hey, hey Fife, which which tribe album you consider to be your favorite or the best tribe called Quest album ever made? What answer do you give? Um well, it's definitely a toss-up between Low End and Midnight. Mm-hmm. But I say Low End is a little closer to my heart because 
not to sound selfish or anything, but I felt like that was a coming out party for myself. You know what I'm saying? Whereas on the first album, People's Instinctive, the consensus was, well, what the hell does Fife do? You know what I'm saying? So by the time we did Low End, because if you look at the first album, I was on four cuts out of 15. On the second album, I was on much more, the bulk of the album, you know what I'm saying? So right. it just felt good to be able to contribute to not just a group that I love, but my childhood homeboys that I love, you know what I'm saying? Uh. Be able to do that together, all of the albums are dope, but personally, I say low end because... That was, like I said, my coming out party. So, low end there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, two more before I let G chime it back again. And, and you know what? It, 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 it's so funny because on the low end theory, I, I would say, I mean, there's so many to pick from, but I think one that, one song that I constantly hear, it's it, it just you rhyming the whole time, and, and, and that was Butter. And, like, every time I hear that, that, that song, like, the beat is just, like, you just have to bounce your head to it, and it's like, and then you rhyming the whole, and I always have, you know, senior, senior year, 1988, Garvey Hot, I'm just like, <laughs> yo, I, I swear, I got to hear that song like 10 times in a row in my iPod before I change it. <laughs> good looking, good looking. No problem, man. Um, For the record, though, I love Midnight Marauders. I tell people all the time, and I haven't budged yet. When I say this, but I agree with you. The Low End Theory is my favorite Tribe album, and the acclaim is gotten has proven why I choose it. It's barely there's barely a track you can skip. I just love the whole entire vibe, the beats, the flows, and it, it just showed the versatility of all members in one album. And of course, the response I get is, "Well, Midnight is better." It, it, my question is, is it fair to debate both albums because they're both so great, or is there really one better than the other? Um, I can't really answer that because when you make albums, they're like, they're like your babies. They're like your children. Right. And I don't want to love, I don't want to love my first child, Peoples, more than my second child, Owen, mm. or, you know, any of that. So me being the actual artist that you guys are talking about or part of that group, I can't really answer that. I let y'all answer it. I let everybody else answer it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Uncle G Stack. Yeah, they were saying that uh, a few years ago. And see, this is just the best part of the whole thing, man. When we get to educate and enlighten the kids, and we get a chance to shine a light on the part of the game the kids know nothing about. You know, because most of the kids, no disrespect, they really think it started with the guy that's the hottest right now. You know, they think if it wasn't for Hope or it wasn't for Jada or, you know, that the game wouldn't exist. And we get Fife in the morning, C-Rock and P-Rock and all of them, and you get a chance to educate. And, and that's the biggest thrill for me. It's not only having Fife on, but he's part of what they don't talk about. You know, rap before it is what it is now. So it's it's just that's the biggest pleasure for me. And I think when we teach and we educate, we do our job. You know what I'm saying? We do 
Fife's job as a, as a pioneer, as a veteran, you as a co-host, me as an analyst, we get a chance to uh, not only do sports but do music. Just give kids the essence of what's going on, that there's a story being told before you started listening and that you're listening to the same story. And I think when Fife and them come around, and dude's like, yo, man, I heard Fife Dog was on the show with Stacks and nothing. You know, I used to heard Tribe Core Quest because anybody you know, that's been on the planet heard of them. But do you know what they stood for? Do you know the movement and how it's connected to everything that Kanye and Hove and them is talking now? But you got to do your homework. And then you'll see that there's lineage and that Fife Dog and them was talking slick the same way Cats is talking slick now. But, you know, again, the media just does a good job of that. What have you done to me lately? So uh, every time one of them cats come on, I'm thrilled. It, it kind of validates, uh, you know, me. I pull over the whole time. You know, I pull over Kobe. I, I pull over Jay-Z. I pull over anybody over 35 <laughs> that's laying down uh, in an era where they don't, you know, the, the, the attention span is, you know, a like or a dislike on Facebook. A like or a dislike on Instagram. That's the attention span. You understand, Fife? Uh-huh. That's the attention span of people we deal with. So they could never understand a Fife dog or a Grand Pooba because the attention span that the Internet and the media has related is like, is basically biting your face out of it. You know, so many dudes that came along with talent and they just got swept away by, you know, the new mentality and the way things are being done. So we got to hold on to dudes like Fife. You know, we, we can't afford to let the people forget. We can't, be it through his music, be it through us, be it through him being around. But now nah, the, the story got to be told from the essence. And that's the only problem I have. I don't bash this generation. I'm proud to be around and see it, but I just don't like the historical connection. You know what I'm saying, Fife? Because it's like you telling half a story. I hate people that pick up a book, start reading from page 76. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like that. No, and I mean, go from the forward. Right. Yeah. Know about Cool Herc. Know about the L Brothers. You know, know about, I mean, for real, get DJ Smokey, I mean, Flowers. Then you're going to appreciate the whole thing when you get to Fife and Jay-Z and Fab and, and Nicky. Then you're going to be like, yeah, I, you know, I climbed. I, I did some work here. But if you just get in on page 86 and the book go to page 90. I can't. No, I can't. I want the whole story told. So cats like Fife allow us to do it. You know, they give us a chance to tell a story, and then his presence alone is around. So just a good thing for everybody. And you were telling me, Randy, that my man is purple and gold, that he believes in Lakerland, and it's <laughs> anybody. Oh, man, really, I don't really... know with that. Fife <laughs> 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 you know, is a New Yorker, but he, he, he bleed purple and gold, man. From what I yeah, think, boy, I anybody that bleeds purple and gold is fam. <laughs> I'm so torn apart by this thing. I don't know if you heard of Fife, but LeBron came out the other day, and he said anybody that – now, this is the best player in the world. He said anybody that doubts Kobe Bryant is silly and stupid. And this is the one brother – one brother holding up another. Uh-huh. And I back That's up. what he said. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Yo, I, I've been a Laker fan, you know, since Magic Johnson was drafted by them. All but right, boy. Let, 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 
Let's get some straight. If they played the Knicks in the finals, I'm I'm going for New York. Like, yo, wow. Good. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if Jason Rosey is not playing, I'm going for New York. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I just want you all to know that. Okay. <laughs> Pulling goal, it's all good. But, and Kobe is my favorite player in the league. But the only problem I got with the New York Knicks is that dumbass front office. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But, yeah, Kobe, you know um, what? I, I agree with you. I agree with you. right about Kobe. Anybody that don't understand what that dude brings to the table, it's not exactly. No, I, I, I agree with present, you. One, yeah, with the Knicks, the, the, man, listen, the, the, the organization, top to bottom, it's like, you know, I don't know what it is, man. And, and we, go, we go through this stuff here in New York year in, year out, uh, of coaching, firing, and this and this, and who's getting traded, who's going to – it's just so – Everything is so unpredictable, whereas if you're a Laker fan and you're a Laker guy and the organization is totally run so different over there than it is in New York, and and I I really don't understand why, man. Yeah, well, look at at our owner. What other owner has ever fallen asleep at game six of the second round of the playoffs? Thank you. 
That was another. They finally got Johnny <laughs> Walsh in here, and he was able to perform miracles. True, and you true. get rid of the dude. True. You guys. Then you bring Steve Mills back? Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, let you see what's going on. I hear yeah. you that. You on top of the moves. <laughs> hey, man, you sound, like every, you sound like every upset, long-time Knicks fan who's gone through the same thing over and over, year in, year out. It's just the revolving door uh, of, of what's going to happen next. Nothing is ever uncertain. They go on a five, ten-game losing streak. Then people want to start trading people and this and this and this and this, you know, get rid of this coach. There's, there's mm-hmm. nothing ever stable with that team, ever. Now, now they want to send Melo for overrated Blake Griffin. <laughs> listen, listen, Blake Griffin come over here, it's going to be worse because he yeah. don't have a point guard to lob him the ball like that because that's right. when he's at his best, running the floor on the break. As far as the half-court setup in the low blocks, he needs to be much better than he is. Exactly, and he's not. Five. You know what I'm saying? So we in trouble, V. We in trouble. Wow. I mean, we, might I mean, yeah, because, yeah. we might have to get Fife a job, man. You know, we can always <laughs> use, man, another dude, man, that no sports, man. You know, this dude here, man, he's talking starting to take my show, man. I don't know, man. But but you know what's <laughs> funny, G? You know what's funny? You know what's funny? The fact that sometimes the fans know more about what's going on yeah. than the people that actually are in the, in the organization. It's like, this, yeah. this is what you got to do. And it's like, they don't want to hear that. And, and I mean, yeah, they, we're fans. You know, sometimes we get too emotional and, and, we, and we're loyal. But at, we're not always wrong, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, me, I just got more respect than anything for the educated fan. Because mm-hmm. fans are usually uneducated. They usually think with their heart. You know, they really are objective. You really find an objective fan. It's like, yo, I love the Knicks. I don't care who they play. Knowing that they can't win. Go right to the window in Vegas and put up your little house, knowing they're getting ready to get crushed by 40. But your heart won't let you say no. So the educated fan, I think, you know, is it, the best part of sports, be it chicks. You know, I sit in sports bars all over the country, and when I see women with their, you know, Laker jersey or and they know when Kobe is out or who's questionable and they know the assistant GM and they know what they did in the Western Conference Finals in 2006, it just blows me away, man. I'm talking about because an educated fan is just the best customer. Uh-huh. You know, like Fife just ran down all the GMs and all that. That's like jeopardy. You know, it's one thing to watch the product, it's another thing to watch who's putting the product together. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that, to me, you know, is it, just the best part of sports, when people are watching the game inside the game. You know, that's yep. what I try to bring when I'm an analyst, when I'm doing my commentary. I try to show people something that they're looking at, but they didn't know they saw. You know what I'm saying, I'll try to describe some work on the block or some footwork or some activity from a power forward or a cut. And it's normal. It's routine in the game. But when you bring it to life like we're doing now, it's just better for the fan. Like, wow, yeah, he did make a good cut. Well, you know, that was a good pass. So there's always two games going on in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. No doubt. Hey, Five, listen, you you say you're a Laker fan since, since Magic got drafted, and I, I, I assume you're a big-time Kobe fan. Um, is Kobe Bryant the greatest Laker ever? Uh, and I, I know you probably heard that, that debate, and I know you and your boys talk about the same thing, Magic, Kareem, Kobe, Shaq. I want to say yes, 
Magic. And why? Because he made everybody better. Not only just the superstars like Kareem and Worthy, but Michael Cooper, you know, Michael Thompson, <laughs> um, um, Jamal Wilkes was already good, but he was better. He won a title because of Magic. Norm Nixon won a title because of Magic. Byron Scott won titles because of Magic. You know what I'm saying? So it got to be Magic. That's a good argument. That's a good it argument. Might, it might be Jerry West because he was great as a player, and then he drafted Kobe and Shaq. I mean, traded for Shaq and, and Kobe. So it might be Jerry as far as all-time Laker, not just player. You know what I'm saying? The greatest Laker ever, man. I'm telling you, it's got to be 24. You know, I mean, his fight just laid out a hell of an argument. You know, he, thank God he ain't a district attorney. He laid out a great, a great, great case for the jury. But, you know, my case is different, you know, and, and I love what Magic did. I think he's the second greatest Laker ever. But well, you know why, the reason you know, I got it. You, know you know why I say? You know why I say Kobe's probably second? And you have a great argument as well. But... If Jerry West wasn't able to get Shaq, how many titles would Kobe have won with the Lakers? I, I agree. If they weren't able to get Paul Gasol. That was a miracle in itself to get Paul Gasol. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, kid. But I don't think I don't but, think but, Fisher and Kobe would have won titles without Shaq B. This is what I'm trying to say to you. This is what I'm trying to say, Shrike. Magic doesn't get any without Kareem either. And I put everything up. You go to them game sixes and them game sevens, they were wars with Boston. And Kareem was as much of a presence as anybody could ever be. You know, it was one of the reasons that they were set to tandem, the Magic and Kareem thing. The well, who did Kobe make better? Who did Kobe make better? Is the only di- let me tell you, listen, the only guy, right, that could have got Pal Gasol to step up and do what he did was Kobe. The only dude that grabbed him by the jersey, got in his chest, screamed on him, threatened to trade him, and made him play at a level that he really was the best big man in the game for a minute, based on my son, 24. And the reason I got to go with Kobe, high school, because he earned his scrap, because Kobe shot air balls the first time he got in the world. You know, he was the youngest all-star. He signed his contract at 17. He didn't get to Michigan State. He never played in the national championship game. He wasn't groomed for the lights. He grew into the lights. He grew into hanging 81 on these ducks one night after three and a half quarters. He grew into this. He did management to trade Shaq. He told him. Hold on, hold on. He's the greatest scorer. In Laker history, Great one of the Laker. scorers in NBA history. 81, 10 games straight of 40-plus, and then when he did them to, to trade Shaq, he said, it's me or Shaq? First thing he said well, after the championship, I told y'all I could do this alone. But I my man, man, if it wasn't for Magic's leadership at a time when the NBA was almost folding. True. True. Hold on. Almost folding, and then him taking the approach of unselfish play, and then taking the advice of Pat Riley and being selfish because Kareem was getting older and still leading them to championships. It, there wouldn't have been no open door for Kobe or Jerry West to get for Kobe Bryant. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So let's just call it one A and one B, fam. 
could be. Oh, ain't no doubt about it. It could be 1A and 1B. Guess what? Guess what? Kobe's favorite basketball player growing up was Magic. Probably. 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 But I guarantee you. Even Jimmy B was Magic. It's like Magic Johnson. It's like, let me see. Excuse me. It's like, and you can appreciate this fight. It's like Richard Pryor. It's like uh-huh. Marvin Gaye. It's like so many Biggie, Pac. I can go down the line, right? Soon as dudes leave, you have a greater appreciation for who they were, right? And I promise you this. When Kobe Bryant hangs him up year after next, whatever, whenever he decides to hang him up, and we get to look back at what his body of work is, only then are people going to really start saying, yo, this here was the second coming of Jordan. Watch. And you're going to say, damn, only after he's gone are they going to appreciate that 81. I feel you on the appreciation because I'm appreciating them now. But I know. I'm trying to get a different kind of appreciation because they're going to miss my son. See, nobody's going to come. Right now, the difference with LeBron and, and Carmelo and all of them is one thing with the Black Mamba. It's the only difference, and I tell people all the time. You poll 382 dudes that play in the NBA, right? Just get them by themselves, take them in the locker room, and ask them, yo, what's your worst nightmare? What's the worst thing you can see coming down the court with the game on the line? Poll any GM, anybody in the league, LeBron included, and the answer going to be like a chorus. You ask any best, I, I promise you, anybody, even the secret haters, if you ask them in their locker room late at night, look, this is off the record, anonymity, who's your worst nightmare coming down the court with the game? I agree. I, I totally agree. To I just have a love for the point guard position, <laughs> and Magic's the greatest point guard in my eyes. Okay. I just love a guy that can make everybody better. And I agree. Instead I agree of, with that. Oh, I, I love that. Right now, Kobe's still my favorite player in the league, so I feel you on that. So then what, what goes through your mind every time you hear the, the, the constant debate of MJ, Kobe, LeBron? Like, who is better? Who's the best ever? What goes through your mind when you hear that? Or is, is it so unanimous that MJ is the best player of all time? Yeah, MJ, it's unanimous. MJ is the best player of all time. Now, if Kobe can etch out... Title number six or number seven, even, then I'll give it to Kobe. Until then, it's going to be MJ. Hmm. I go with that. You know, no, the one I, thing with MJ, the difference is that he he never failed in the clutch. He never failed in the clutch. He never failed with the money up. That's why he could go down as the greatest ever. Because with the money on the wood, as they say, his money he was always money. Yep. He was money with the money, and that's the thing I take away from Kobe. That's the thing. I mean, when you talk measurement stick, when you talk yardstick, because Jordan never got there and didn't dance. See, there was no closing him out once he got to that level there. When he got to that chip and them conference finals and all that, my son was lights out with the money up. I'm talking about game seven and all that, giving him 40, 42, you know. And uh, he was selfish, yeah, because he knew he was better than everybody. And he's another cat. Made Steve Kerr and Scott Williams and Will Perdue and all these ducks shine, you know, because of him being on the court. So, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, like Fife said, it has a lot to do, which is a great argument for Magic, that uh, we don't want the kids to get confused and listen, that uh, that Magic is highly held because of his ability to make people around him better. And it's one of the reasons he could always be considered one of the greatest point guards, greatest Laker ever. Kobe... 
We talk about excitement. We talk about uh, will to kill you in the fourth quarter, to, to give it to you night in and night out, to set something and go ahead and take over a game. I don't think you'll see the likes of that again. Yeah, well, here's the one knock on Camelo. Here's the bottom line. Kobe is what, 5-2 and two in NBA Finals play? Right, right. LeBron is what? Um, two and two and two is it? He no, lost I think he's Cleveland. He lost two and four. Two and four? Yeah, because he lost with Cleveland, and then he lost the one to Dallas. Right, right. And he won two. Three. He won two with Miami so far, right? Right. right. So he's two and two. Two and four. Two and two. Two and two. Yeah, two and two. Two and two. Two and two. And um, Michael Jordan is six and zero. Oh, case closed. Bottom line. <laughs> Bottom line. He gave me a lot of nightmares being a Knicks fan and a Lakers fan. He beat Magic for his first title, and then he allowed the Knicks not to make it a million times. Sent them home. He's gave me. He's given me a lot of nightmares. But <laughs> facts, facts is facts, and I'm a big Tar Heel fanatic, so. Six and okay. zero, Jordan. One and zero in NCAA play. He's that dude. What are you gonna do? True, true, true. <laughs> You're live on the Hits Radio Show. Randy Cruz, Uncle G Stacks, Five Dog from a Tribe Called Quest. Take a quick break. Uh, don't go anywhere, fam. For real, don't go anywhere.
back live here on the Hits Radio Show. Hits Radio Show and blogtalkradio.com slash Hits Radio Show. Live with Randy Cruz. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at CruzR83, C-R-U-Z-R-83. I'm joined with my co-host, Uncle G Stacks and Fife Dog of a tribe called Quest. Tribe, um... I just call you Tribe. I meant Fife. <laughs> I've always been a fan of the production you guys did. Was there a beat on any of those albums that when you first heard it in the studio, whether complete or incomplete, you was just so anxious to rap on it? Oh, man. Um, yeah, the original version of, you know that song, The Chase? Yeah. The original version that nobody really heard? I remember being real excited to rhyme on that, and we finally did it, and we were banging, but then we couldn't clear that particular sample. Mm-hmm. It was a, a Sly and Family Stone sample, and we couldn't clear it, so we had to change it to what you hear now. You know what I'm saying? But I just remember when Tip first did that joint, crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, man. I, you know, it's it, it just so many beats that went, like I told you, with Butter and, and some of the joints that I just played just now. Um, like, it, it, when you hear those, no matter what, no matter what time, whatever, like I, like I said in the beginning, you can hear any of those joints now in a club, in a lounge, in a party, whatever, and, and you just have to automatically be like, just, just nod and bop your head and, and kind of reminisce where were you depending on uh, on how old you were, where were you when that song dropped? Was you in high school? Was you in college? And, and stuff like that. So, like, it's still all those beats still resonate to this day. And I've always been a fan of, of the production, the jazz, the samples. And I think when it comes to the hip-hop hip-hop groups out there, like, they're, they're, there's so few that can match what you guys do. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. appreciate that. No, no problem, man. Um, I read, I read in an interview you had two years ago, and, and, and I think with Red Bull, they asked you, "What was your five favorite songs?" And for those who don't know or didn't read it, you pick. It, it was more like a five A, five B, so you had six. It was a war tour, find a way, money maker, God lives through, scenario remix. Explain to the fans why those were the five you you picked. And today, are are those still the, the the top five tribe songs, or has another song kind of like emerged into your top five? Actually, that particular interview that you probably got that from, that was a couple of months ago in XXL, because they asked okay. me my top five joints. So that was like early November, late October, or something like that. So yeah, it's still the same. And the reason why I picked those is because lyrically and musically, those are the ones that grab me more than others. You know what I'm saying? Those are the ones that I like performing in shows, get you amped off top, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I picked those. And then other ones, because they were so underground that they were probably slept on by the masses. But you know, deep inside, yo, that's that, that's that ish right there, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, before I let G chime in, um, I, I had I had someone uh, act. T- someone told me to ask this question to you. So, the question is, did you ever see yourself as 
just the second MC of the group or just as equal to QT? Because people out there be fronting like, you know, five and a half bars, which you definitely did. And I, I've had people tell me for certain songs that your part and flow was the best part and flow on some of the songs. So did you see yourself as the, the second in line or you say, you know what, I'm we, we, we both went A? Well, I, I didn't mind supporting my brother, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, me being the life of the... I didn't, I didn't feel like I had the life of the party to be important as long as Q-Tip, Ali, and Jerobi and the rest of my crew knew what I brought to the table. Like I said earlier in the interview, this interview, you know, it felt good being able to contribute. So, I mean, the masses felt like I was the other guy in the Tribe Called Quest, but I always felt like I was just as important. It just so happened that not only... I always say this about Q-Tip, too. Um, Q-Tip isn't the best MC, and he isn't the best producer, but there's not too many that can say they can do both with the same with the same skill set as he can. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't mind playing the background in the Trial Call Quest because, to me, Q-Tip is a genius, and I didn't mind holding him down. You know what I mean? As long as everybody else knew what I brought to the table as well, but you know, um, I'm looked at I'm looked at as most slept on, underrated things of that nature, and it's been that way forever. And we've been a group for almost 25 years now, so it really doesn't matter to me at this point. But you know, the cats know what it is, man. I'm an MC. That's what I do, straight up. Right. Got it, mm-hmm. Uncle G. Sound like you still got balls to me. <laughs> you know, one of the first things you, uh, I think people gauge when they hear that you from back in the day, right, is uh, how competitive would you be today? You know, we, we do it all the time in fantasy football and fantasy boxing matchup. You know, we put Tyson against Ali. You know, we put Fife against Jay-Z. You know, uh, you know purists always want to know what it would be like if had Babe Ruth played in the 70s, you know, had Reggie played in the 30s, you know, had, uh, had you know, and, and it's, it's it's great for the purists, for people to love it. I know, and it's not because he's on the show, I know if you put the production and the paparazzi and all that behind Fife right now, he'd turn these young boys upside down. Because it's who he's always been, you know. He wants a showman, wants a guy that does it. Unless you come up with cerebral palsy, unless you hit that Alzheimer's, if you can still, you know, you see how he just broke down that basketball. Uh, can you imagine him in the studio? You know what I'm saying, Randy? It's, you know, it, it, it's uh, always know. where a dude is today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. I, I'm a celebrate yesterday. I'm a fan of history, but I really want to know the end story. You know what I'm saying, fight? Because dudes be like, yo, you ever heard that dude fight back in the day? Yeah, low-end theory. He's a killer, man. Yo, I'm telling you when that shit was up. He said, well, yeah, well, what's up with him now? Yeah, right now, man, you know, I think the kid is running around talking to himself, man. He's in an asylum. Doesn't make him a bad dude. It's just a nasty ending. Fife, let it be known tonight, man, that uh, don't sleep, man. I'm telling you. Running around talking to myself? Really? Every day, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't make me. You know what I'm saying, Randy? Don't make me go get the homie. 
For real. Right. Don't make me go get the homie and sick him on you because, you know, one of the things that the kids still don't understand is the dog bites. Yeah, he definitely you know what I'm saying? They, they talking like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, look, man, let me tell you something about this whole culture, this whole emceeing thing, man. And I learned from the best, from Q-Tip, from Ali. I've had sit-downs with KRS, Chuck D, right. the legends, you know what I'm saying, before myself. Right. So the Ice Cubes, everybody. So at the end of the day, emceeing to me, it's like little girls jumping rope. They don't never forget how to do that shit. Say it again, you know man. So, Say it again. And I, 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 I always have an ear for beats. You know what I mean? So if the beat is banging, better watch your ass because I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> tell you right now. And, and, and the funny thing is a lot of these dope MCs, they might be dope on the mic, but they stage presence is air. I got All the right. stage presence too. So Exactly. You you you'll be paying the arm and the leg to come see me perform too. Trust. Get <laughs> <laughs> ready, cause I'm gonna mash up that bomba class stage. You see me? Uh, <laughs> and look, New York, right? Let's be clear, man, because we love our listeners, man. We love our callers. You know, everybody that comes in, man. All of y'all, man. The world is built on internet access. Do me a favor. Do your uncle a favor, man. Do Street Boys favor, Uncle Van Cruz a favor. Google the homie Fife. Just Google Tribe uh, Call Quest you. and you'll get a chance. Go into the YouTube catalog. Check out some of the music, man, while we're here tonight, man. When you get a chance, you hit your tablet, your iPhone, whatever, your Galaxy. Pull the homie up and then call us back. You tell me. If you know hip-hop, pull the homie Fife up. Pull up Q-Tip. Pull up this Tribe Call Quest. Educate yourself, man. Yeah, no doubt. I've been on a hiatus and all, but you know, don't get it twisted, B. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, been, I've been through a lot with the health and all of that, but ain't nobody walking around talking to themselves, B. And no, the, only, man. the only time I'm talking to myself is when I'm watching this trash on TV. <laughs> well, man, look, we love you, Fife. Uh, it's not enough. We can do it an hour, man, to, you know, to celebrate what you meant to the game and coming on hits and sharing with the kids and the chicks. And, you know, we got a huge, huge, huge fan base down here on our podcast. So right. it's really, a, really a pleasure to have you come through, man, and light up the night and take us back. And then just kick the sports thing with us, man. I really think you're after my job. I don't know. I mean, I hear you. You sound <laughs> really good, better than me. Hey, at any time you come on, because I think, you know, man, you know, when we catch sports dudes, you know, like we did with uh, with P-Rock and we did with um, a couple of NFL guys that came through, Jason Kidd, whoever, you know, when guys come on, they not only become part of Fendi, but they're always welcome to come back and host. And, you know, having five dogs on as a host is only going to increase what we do, both historically and professionally. So, Anytime, dude, when you, you ain't got nothing to do and it's Tuesday or Thursday, you call in, host with us, man. Be part of the fam. We're glad to celebrate you and promote what you what you do. And, again, man, just, just love, man, from the hey. whole Hitch family, man, for real. Hey, hey, G, before hey, fight leave. Keep doing what y'all do. Thank you, man. Before you leave, G, um, I mean, there was a reason why I – the show was originally in hours, but but I made it to 9:30. I'm not gonna keep fight that, that much longer because I knew like you like, like you said we can't have a guy like fight on just for one hour because there's so much no. information that, that, so that we all want to know. Um, two things real quickly now, G. I don't know if you know, but 
Um, I'm pretty sure Fife does. Back in November, um, it made 20 years that that the Midnight Marauders album came out. And what's so special about that is the fact that it also came out on the same day as Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers album. Right, Did right. you know that, G? Didn't know that. I well, there you go. <laughs> Enlighten me, bro. Uh, Put me on. Hey, Fife, real quick. Uh, uh, Midnight Marauder, 20 years, man. Once it once it came in November, uh, two months ago, and people told you, "Yo, man, this is 20th, 20th anniversary." It came out same day as Wolf 36. Um, well, what went through your mind? I'm old as hell. It just took me back to, to when those two albums dropped, man. It was, it was an amazing time. For the early 90s, you know what I'm saying? It was really, really, it was really, it, it made hip-hop look promising for the future, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, you know what I mean? Like, I remember being in the basement, working on Midnight Marauders with Q-Tip in my grandmother's basement. And um, I remember first hearing Protecting Net and how crazy me and Tip was going. You know what I'm saying? You know that type of effect? When you're drinking juice and somebody says something funny and you spit it out, mm-hmm. yeah. that's how it was when they came on. First things first, man, with the worst, I'll be sticking pins in your head. Me and Tip was going crazy in the car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, who are these dudes, B? Who are they? And then for their album, their debut album to come out the same day as our third album, that was crazy right there. And it's funny because Method Man had an in-store in Queens he represented Wu-Tang at an in-store in Queens, and I just happened to be walking out when he was walking in, and meeting him was just dope, because I was already a fan of his, you know what I'm saying, and vice versa. So it, was, it was a dope time for hip-hop, man. Which um which of the Tribe albums did you and the group have the most fun making? I'd say Low and, and Midnight. It was, it was about the same. One final one, then um, do you – now, I don't know if G saw the documentary. Hopefully he does get a chance to do so. Uh, G, if you haven't, um, it, it's definitely something you need to see. It, it's great. It's phenomenal. Fife, do you feel um, – do you feel in the group the fact that the documentary portrayed you and the group accurately? Through ups and downs, through everything, do you feel it was, it was well done? I, I did think it was well done. You know what I'm saying? With everything that went into it, making the movie and stuff like that, I thought Rappaport did a very good job. The only thing that was missing that I thought could have been in the movie more was a little more Buster Rhymes because he's looked at as the uh, the um, fifth member of the group, so to speak. I don't really remember. I'm quite quite You know what I'm saying? As well as there should have been more Jay Dilla in it as well. You know what I'm saying? So... That's only and 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 the book, uh, some of the movie should most of the movie should have been more about the music as well. You know what I mean? Because when you talk to the when you talk to the beyond tribe head, so to speak, they want to know well what made Q-Tip sample use that sample or what made him chop it like this, chop it like that, and how did yeah. you get that way to sound like that? And that's really the bulk of tribe fans and their questions. You know what I mean? So I thought the documentary should have been about a little bit more of that. You know what I mean? But um, it is what it is. But I still think it was a good job, nevertheless. 
hey, fight before I, before I really let you go. I, I've had P. Rock and a couple guys on this show, and the one thing I never did um, was ask them to if they wanted to acapella freestyle. You're the first guy I'm gonna ask. If you don't want to do it, that's on you. But if you are gonna right. do it, let's do it. I got you. I got you. Are you ready, G? You ready? Let's go. Right. I spit that one nine two slash Linden Boulevard shit. Roll dice, get nice, build with the guard shit. Sipping pun that Guinness shit. Talking about this rhyme shit. Will Melo leave the Knicks? Then Tony fucking up in L.A. Kid. Far just loves attention. Kurt Warner, he was nice, kid. Keisha Cole fly fan, with without that gap and shit. Ice Cube barbershop, damn he's such a fine chick. Mia versus Nye, Pam Grant versus any chick. Which Kardashian would you holler at first, kid? Fox, Bill, Nick Minaj, yo, who's the nicest? Right there, it's understood, light is still legend, kid. Don't know it's understood, Latifah's still queen of this. Moni Love, Lil' Kim, Remy, hold your head, miss. Chata, Ebony Odd, Penelope, June 5th. That's that 314 shit. Trina's still the baddest. Yo, yo, get your money, ma, forever rap supreme chick. The classic comic cube scheme. 50 verse Ja Rule. Sean Carter, Nas, Chris Parker verse whoever do. Eminem, Mariah, some said it wasn't fair. Tupac, wish you were here. Has it been how many years? I miss Big L. I miss Big Pun. I miss ODB, better known as A-Son. B-I-C, Aaliyah, left eye, J-M-J. Every day, recognize they ain't do this in vain. But back to the matter, it's the matter at hand. Diggity at it again, here to raise your voice to men. Like that group out of Philly. Indeed, I gets busy. Some not feel me, because I speak too freely. Fuck a blowfish, I'm hooty. Never been wussy, but if I can do me, then I'll be labeled, uh, I sugarcoat Nathan. F you then, sue me. Out of here. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and that's, that's the dog fight, yes. Yes, man. You're ready. I got to go, man. I only had an hour. Fife, come back. Right. You know, we love you, man. And look, man, just keep doing what you do, man. It's it. No doubt, no, man. Right. Call James. Thank you. Call James Dolan and tell him I said. <laughs> I got you. Oh, right. I got you. Fife, right, yeah. thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, peace. All right, man. Great job. All right. All right. So that was Fife Dog, a tribe called Quest, music, sports. Even kicked a freestyle for you guys at the end. Uh, great job. Again, if you haven't seen the documentary of A Tribe Called Quest, go ahead and see it. It's on Netflix, DVD, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also, I want to say this right, you can also follow Fife on Twitter at I am the Pfeiffer, I-A-M-T-H-E-P-H-I-F-E-R. And, of course, you can follow Tribe Called Quest at A-T-C-Q. Great job. Rainy Crew with Uncle G-Stacks, Fife Dog. Phenomenal show, and what better way to end it with a man five dog freestyle, man. Uh, again, you can also recap this show anytime. Hitsradioshow.com, blogtalkradio.com slash hitsradioshow. And uh, that's it, man. Have a good night.